Ooh. Hey, Father. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. So, what story are we doing this week? Ooh, new book. Fun. Call back later. <gasps> you guys, this week we're diving into a new minor prophet. The book of Zephaniah. <laughs> Wow! Welcome to another episode of Bible Stories with me, Brianda. Brianda, and this is my show about the Bible. And yes, I can pronounce all the prophets' names. His name is Zephaniah. I knew that. I don't know why I short circuited. <laughs> Hi, Clara. How you doing? Oh, good. Thank you. How are you? Oh, it's it's, it's been a doozy. It's been a day. I forgot we were recording today, and I currently look like a wet noodle. Oh. My hair's. Uh, still wet. I'm in a tube top that barely fits. I feel like one of my tetas is about to pick up the phone too. <laughs> Anyways, YouTube. Yeah, go to the YouTube for that. Uh, yeah, we're going. We're serving very chill vibes today. Um, Clara has uh, news for everybody. Clara's going to Spain. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm. I'm actually. Excited. I'm very excited. I'm stressed out because I'm like planning everything. I want everything to go perfect. So. But yeah, I'm, I'm happy to finally see my family after three, three years. years. Yeah. Three years. Mm -hmm. You get to hold your mom. I would be a weeping mess. I'd be sobbing. I was, I'd be sobbing. I was sobbing last night. I'm writing so a story about a mom, not even my mom, <laughs> a, a mom and a daughter. And I was sobbing. I was just a mess. Oh, I'm so happy you get to. What did it trigger? What? What did that story trigger for you to be sobbing? Oh, no. Sometimes I, yeah, just, uh, you know. <laughs> I fall in love with these characters sometimes that I write. And when I see them, if when I make, but sometimes, I don't know. <laughs> Writers know what I'm talking about a lot. I'm not that great of a writer to write like super duper fiction, super, yeah. super, super duper fiction. I can only write from like what I know or what I'm learning. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of things in therapy that I'm learning mm -hmm. that as I'm learning about myself, I'm also writing it out. Mm, and there was, just this, there was just this like, this moment that was so beautiful. It's like a dream conversation that I wish would happen with my mom. And it was like, anyways, whatever. We're talking about Spain. <laughs> We're talking about you. I'm so excited, man. Spain was beautiful. Oh man, the food, the people, the culture. Clara. Yeah, the food is the last thing I need, to be honest. Um, yeah. Oh boy, here we go. Here we work. It all comes back. <laughs> it all comes back. Yeah, no, I, uh, oh. I do. I do feel like a stuffed sausage in this little tube top. I'm trying to lose weight before I go there, and I know, like, I see now that I'm not gonna make it to where I wanted to make it. And now, while I'm there, I know I'm not gonna give up. Of and. I'll come back like double the size that I'm trying to go. So it's just like very stressing right now. Clara, you're gonna be on but vacation. It's okay. You're gonna be on vacation. You're yeah, you're you're gonna go there and not eat your No. I was tough country. myself. Are you kidding me? Exactly. But okay, that's all day. Yeah. All day long. I know. And then I won't see you. Reminder to please join the Patreon, become patrons, and listen to Patron. Clara et moi. Clara et Brianda. We oui, oui, see what she said. Uh, go over to Patreon. Yeah, watch us. Patreon.com forward slash Bible Brianda for uh, a little bit of Clara and I's little beta 30 minute podcast that is abruptly cut by uh, an alarm that Siri 
sets for us. Um, it's, a, it's a fun time. We talk about random stuff. If you're a huge Omega Omega fan of Bible stories with Brianda and are a huge follower of Christ, you're a freak, a Jesus freak, mm -hmm. um, you will either uh, love or hate it. So just tread carefully. It's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I'm the worst marketer on the planet, but watch it. Go, go subscribe or whatever. <laughs> Actually, don't watch it because there's no video yet. Listen to it, yeah. Just go over, throw us some change, y'all. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash Baba Brianda. Okay? Thank you. <laughs> doll. Thank you for that. And now, let's get into this week's story. We're in a new book, the book of Zephaniah. Now, Zephaniah was a minor prophet who wrote this book around the time of the southern kingdom of Judah's fall. Okay, we've already covered this time frame in the narrative story of the Bible, you know, the time right before the fall of Judah. But in this short three-chapter prophetic book, we will read poems of the Lord's wrath and poems of the Lord's love. Of course. I mean, last week we talked about wrath and love. Mm -hmm. Now we get to see another um, another prophet talk about talk about it through poetry. Mm -hmm. And again, it's scary. Hi, Tangie. Hi, Tangi. Uh, when I was reading the, like, just as a whole, collectively, when I was done with it, because it was such a quick read, I was like, hmm, it's giving, like, a 90s rock grunge band. Yeah, okay. There's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, anger. There was a lot of pent-up anger in some of those po poems. And it was giving, like, Nirvana and Nine Inch Nails. Do you know that those bands? No. Nine Inch Nails? Yeah. Never heard. Their like claim to fame song was Closer. Do you know the song Closer? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 it's like not one of those songs that I, I it's so inappropriate. <laughs> there is, there is one. No, that, I mean, you know, the, okay, Nirvana is more, oh, I don't know. I was going to say Nirvana is more known than Nine Inch Nails, but I don't I think, think so. I, I know Nirvana. Well, not know them, but like I've heard the name and I know it's a rock band. They're that's more mainstream, I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, okay, so you know Nirvana. Uh, Nine Inch Nails, Closer, they have a they have a lyric. It's a very dark song, very dark. Uh, I don't know why I was listening to this at 12. I have no idea why on repeat. There's this one line that says in the song, you got me close to God or something. Mm. It's just, the, anyways, hi Tangie, okay? Part of the story is Zephaniah is a 90s grunge band. He should have been in one with a guitar. And just like long, sweaty, greasy hair, <laughs> you know, like dating a really skinny actress <laughs> with like with like super hair. dark eye makeup. <laughs> and Zephaniah was dating Courtney Love. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Courtney Love? Yeah. <laughs> she looks like a Barbie, but she dresses like the opposite. of. But like a totally strung out Barbie, yeah. like strung like out. Hardcore. Yeah. Uh, used to be addicted to pills. But Zeph and I wouldn't, oh my God, blaspheme. I'm so sorry, Zeph. I don't know. I'm sorry. Cut. We're going to cut that. Let's dive into Zephaniah a bit. He was the great, great grandson of King Hezekiah, which means he is a distant relative of King Josiah, who we talked a whole lot about last week. Quick refresher. King Josiah was known as the last good king of Judah. Mm -hmm. He replenished Jerusalem better than any other in generations past. But then Josiah's pride got in the way and he got murked by Pharaoh Necho. Mm -hmm. 
see this episode if you want to hear that in more detail. All right. Anyways, during the time of good King Josiah, Jerusalem wasn't paying attention to him. The priests and kings were an abomination. We already know Manasseh killed his sons for another god during his time. You know, Jerusalem was destruido, mm. okay? Humanity really was just built to self-destruct, it mm. seems. No matter no matter what king came and replenished the town. Um, but chapter one, uh, in Zephaniah, he opens with a bang, like a very violent bang. You guessed it, with the Lord's wrath. Mm. Let's dive into some scripture. Okay. I think I think the babes want some scripture. Let's go to Zephi. Zephi, Zephi, my man Zeph. Uh, Zephaniah chapter one, verses two to six. I will utterly sweep away everything from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will sweep away man and beast. I will sweep away the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea and the rubble and the wicked. I will cut off mankind from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And I will cut off from this place the remnant of Baal, the name of the idolatrous priests, along with the priests, those who bow down on the roofs to the host of the heavens, those who bow down and swear to the Lord and yet swear by Milcom, their king, mm. those who have turned back from following the Lord, who do not seek the Lord or inquire of him. Hmm. Uh, in the top half of chapter one, they also say that um, the inhabitants, like in Jerusalem, they were twisting the Lord's words with that of other gods, mm. you know? So they're mixing it up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole lot of that. And of, of course, that happens with idolatry. The way it starts is, oh, this seems familiar to my God. Oh, this means must mean that that God's okay. Mm. I mean, the devil does that. The devil will make you believe that he is God mm. in a way. Or sometimes the devil makes you not even believe that he's not God. He just wants to make you not believe in God mm. too. So, it, I mean, that's how I view my like insecurities and like my deepest, darkest, like God's not here, God's not here. I'm like, fuck, really? I did so much work. <laughs> Um, anyways, they twisted the Lord with other gods. God's promise to have judgment on not only the wicked people committing crimes and idolatry, but those that were simply complacent as well. Scripture! Zephaniah, chapter one, verse 12. At that time, I will search Jerusalem with lamps and I will punish the men who are complacent. Those who say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do ill. High tangy, not high tangy. That's also one of the only places in the Bible that like the word complacent is used. Complacency is described all around the Bible, but the word complacent? What does it mean exactly? Complacent means- Complaciente? Exactamente oh. that. Someone who is stagnant, lazy, or uh, emotional, uh, emotionally, spiritually, physically content. 
to the point where they don't strive for like with lack of ambition. Yeah, they don't strive for the next thing, the next you know um, improvement. Yeah, they're I know, very I know. okay with where they are. They're okay with not having dinners with their spouse. Mm -hmm. They just want to be home and do live a whatever, like very mm -hmm. complacent. It's like, no, we should be working at this. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what complacency is. Well, during what appears to be an apocalyptic time or the return of the Lord, this is often brought up, the role of the complacent. Mm -hmm. It's brought up in the books of Isaiah, Hosea, Luke, Hebrews, Corinthians. And the first one that I thought about was the final book revelations okay let's get into some revel i'm gonna give you guys a sneak peek into the last episode of bible stories with mm. brianda that's the last book of the bible revelation yeah in the new testament yeah oh. where they bring up complacency over there mm. that's what i'm saying uh, zephaniah is talking about an apocalyptic circumstance they don't know what it's going to be he does and he knows He's describing Babylon without even saying Babylon's takeover. Mm. At that time, an enemy nation coming and destroying everyone and killing everyone, whatever, that is apocalyptic, if you ask me. True. You know? Uh, so we're going to go to Revelations to talk about complacency as described by John, who wrote Revelations. Okay? Let's go to some scripture. Revelations chapter 3, verses 15 to 17. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are a wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Oh, wow. It goes on and on. Uh, hey, now, revelations. It ain't no walk in the park, I can tell you that much. Mm. But I don't really look at it. I don't fear anymore when I read revelations. Before I was like, ooh, that, that sounds, who would want to read that? Mm. Now I'm like, oh, no, there's some beauty in there. But I also read the Bible. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Anyways, high tangy. High tangy on lukewarm Christians. That's where the term comes from. Lukewarm. A lot of people, especially when we first launched Bible Stories with Brianda, they'd call me lukewarm. Uh, maybe because of the way I dressed. Also the way I present myself. I have a very unorthodox way of, uh, I guess, glorifying the Lord publicly. Mm -hmm. Y'all don't know how I worship in my home or when I do go to a church. Y'all y'all don't know me like that, mm -hmm. okay? But uh yeah, I see a lot of lukewarms. So what like what is it? Lukewarm is Nifunifa. someone who calls themselves a Christian publicly, but they don't practice. privately too, they don't practice. Mm. They don't practice at all. They still call So that's the people they say, Oh yeah, I believe in a God, I just don't follow religion. Uh I don't know if that's I'm talking about Christians here. So yeah, I believe in Jesus, but I just don't go to church or follow. don't read the Bible, don't go to church, yeah, don't, don't pray. pray. Yeah, yeah, that's lukewarm. You're mm -hmm. lukewarm. Is this bad? It's so bad. Yeah, that's not good. It's not good because when you're not praying, when you're not reading the Word, when you're not being in community, what are you doing? Like you're focusing on your job, on sex, girlfriends, wives, whatever, like all these different aspects of your life and God doesn't fit into any of them because you're not 
and, and it starts very e- it's very easy too. It start at least with me. I, I I'm guilty of I have I'm guilty of being lukewarm for sure, especially the last few months where I was really going through it. It isn't until now that I'm like dilid I'm like back in my word wholeheartedly with my full mind, full body, full spirit. I'm in there. But like for the last three months, I was totally a little lukewarm mommy. Mm. Like it starts with, I'll read the text later. I mean, I have to read for the show, but I'm not counting that as work, as spiritual work. I'm counting that as work. For the show. For the show. I need to do my own personal work. What good would it be me answering these fake phone calls, real phone calls, If I'm not doing the work outside of this, you know, that's fraudulent. Mm -hmm. But um, it starts with not reading the word and then it continues off, it ventures off and it's easy. It's so quick. It takes so much effort and energy to develop and it's so easy to. That's like everything, honestly, because I hear you talk and it's the same with like when I was eating vegan and I just fall off. Once or two eyes, like we're going to a restaurant. Oh, I want to try these. It's just one time. Next thing you know, you're eating non-vegan every time you go out. Next thing you know, it's been two months since you last ate vegan. Next thing you know, you you can't even call yourself a vegan anymore. Yeah. And it, it just goes like this. Or progress. Like when you go to the gym and you like build up some progress and then you fall off the gym for two weeks and it's so easy to lose it. I have a question. Well, okay, just to go off that vegan, mm. that veganism, you really believe in veganism too, like sort of. Yeah, I do believe it. Yeah, I just don't, I didn't do it for, like I did it for health reasons, which the health reasons, like I believe them. I just didn't do it for like the animals, which I don't wish them any bad. I just, my reasons were like. So yeah. what were the things that when you stopped veganism, what were the things about your health, if you can name one thing or two things, oh, that, that, uh, worsened oh lack of energy i used to have way more energy throughout the day i would my i would never have period cramps like i would my period was super regular and would never i would never have cramps um digestive um issues i have after non Mm -hmm. like eating non-vegan like my digestion was perfect never una molestia never yeah Oh, this is there. There's a mirror to this. So when you stop praying and stop reading the word and stop, literally stop worshiping, physical things occur too, and like and spiritual things. You don't receive the Holy Spirit anymore. Mm. You be you become critical of of the Lord, as I was starting to become too. And that's that's something that I don't like. Like I'm trying to relate it to your veganism. Mm-hmm. Like the second I stop reading the text and I cut back on my devotional hours, I begin to feel a little bit lost in the sauce. I, I start. I begin to see it creep up. I don't. I'm not. I don't, I'm not comforted, or I, I don't know. I lose my compass. Mm. It, yeah, I, like can, I can feel. I can feel that because. That's what I was telling you. I'm not proud of not being vegan anymore. That's something that's heavy on me. And it's like now I'm like overseeing it. Like I'm not going to torture myself, you know, like whenever I feel like I'm ready to make this step again. Uh, but I just don't need extra pressure because that's another thing that I also said. I also said that being vegan for me, because I did for health reasons, was something that like it's not for everybody, right? Like if 
trying to figure out what to eat, what not, or like stressing not to eat this or that is going to cause you stress. Stress is not healthy either. So everyone has to find, you know, their thing. I just know that vegan works for me. I've just been lazy and non-competent on doing my my thing. And I am I know that I'm making less healthier choices for me, and I know it's bad, but I'm still making them. And I'm I don't have the strength to go back to make them today. So whenever I have it or whenever I'm ready or I'll just like what I know it sounds like an excuse, but or maybe I'll never go back. Who knows? I don't know. But they do sound like excuses because they are, but at least you're aware of them. And like, you know that when you're ready to to take the plunge, I've been praying for you. I've been <laughs> praying you. for you to, for your veganism. Yeah. Thank you. I don't even like do that for, for anybody. I normally, you're, you're the only, I don't clown vegans. I really don't. I don't even, I do not. Oh, but you, you made me, you made me, uh, vegans that always talk about being vegans. Oh. Are a little bit annoying. Yeah, I know. But uh, you, you know, I'm all about respect. I do my thing. If you want to eat meat, I'm not gonna like torture. Like whatever you, <laughs> you do you. I always feel like when I'm around vegans, I'm like, do you mind if I can I eat no, meat? That's stupid though. Like whoever makes you feel like that is is wrong. Do you high tangy? Vegan is a choice. It's like why would you like that's high tangy? Choice. Can I say this high tangy real quick? Because it's oh. crazy. I ran past this tweet of someone who was saying. That Chris Pratt, you guys, you know the actor Chris Pratt. He's a Christian. Was involved with the controversial church Hillsong, whatever mm. have you. Uh, everyone who mentions Chris Pratt, like any actor who says you knows him, who works with him, they all say he's a delightful person. He's a very kind, warm-hearted person. But because of the affiliations with the church, it got he got marred with being homophobic, all this other stuff, which is like absurd. You don't know this person. You don't, you know what I'm saying? It's just absurd. Mm -hmm. But um, anyways, someone released a tweet that said, oh, uh, Chris Pratt came into my restaurant today and he prayed over his steak. And yeah. wait, wait. And then, then, and he also didn't even leave me that great of a tip. Oh, he didn't leave me a, a great tip like he leaves the other servers when he comes here. Maybe you didn't do a good job. Thank you. Literally, people people on the internet are so stupid. Is that where we're headed now? He pr he thought it was an insult. He prayed over his steak. Uh, what do you expect from a Christian? Like, seriously. No, but it doesn't even matter what you expect. No one cares about what you expect. It's so, is that what we're doing now? Is like uh, attacking people's, like. This is someone unhappy. There's like, oh my God, he came to my restaurant and he had the nerve to breathe. Like, can you believe he was breathing with his nose? <laughs> like, ah, uh, please get over it. Oh, gosh. I was, th yeah, that's a high tangent. But I was just like, is that what we're doing right now? Is that what we have to deal with now? That's ridiculous. We have to hide our prayers now? now also, gotta... yeah. Also, like, he's a Christian. Like, why wouldn't he pray? Like, that's the first thing I would expect from a Christian to pray where their meals. Wow, it's like, we're, we're attacking. That's what they do man. before they eat. Duh. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's when uh, like uh, yeah. Anyways, back to the story. Yeah. Okay, back to complacency. Complacency in Christianity, and I presume in other religions, means that people are kind of okay with doing their own thing. You know, knowing a little bit about the important stuff is totally enough for them. When the reality is, they. They just don't like restraints and they let society dictate what their beliefs are. 
they locate like being their own God. Well, I'm talking about uh, the Israelites in Judah, by the way. And it sounds like I'm talking about people today. Yeah. They, it's so insane. That's why the Bible is so cool. Anywho, uh, they locate like being their own God. But they're too scared to say God ain't real. They believe he exists, but he's left the building. You know, he created life and dipped. That ideology is almost more insulting to Yahweh. High tangy. I swear this is my last high tangy. Mm. <laughs> we know that's not true. <laughs> uh, this is why I joke. And I always say, like, I enjoy my conversations with atheists more than I do my agnostic friends. Oh, so you joke when you say that? You don't like talking to me? No, no. I, no, I'm saying I do like talking <laughs> to atheists. It's the opposite. It's the agnostics that I'm like, uh, Okay. <laughs> Pick a side. <laughs> you know, agnosticism is like taking down a huge billboard on a highway for being false advertisement. They take it down, right? Mm -hmm. But they're not doing anything about the hundreds of cars that already saw it. Eh, it's not their problem because you knew the billboard was wrong, but you took it down already. But those people who saw it in the car, what about them? A percentage of them bought whatever was on that mm. thing. I think that that's kind of what agnosticism sells. Someone hears someone be like, yeah, that's, that's what I am. I'm a Gnostic. I'm a Gnostic. It sounds really delight. It sounds really easy and easeful. And then you influence others and then they become agnostic. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Now, here's the thing. This is not a criticism. It would be vicious of me to say that because for some people, their journeys to whatever faith they follow or whatever they choose to believe is through agnosticism. Hmm. Like they go from atheist to agnostic to whatever they land on. Hmm. So that's why I don't want to take that as a critique. It's an observation. Also, I would say like an agnostic person, mm -hmm. if I understand the term right, is someone that is not too sure whether there is a God or not. Like they're kind of in between. And you uh, maybe because I come from an uh, atheist point of view, right? Like I can't blame them. Like if you're not too sure, I'd rather you come clean and say you're agnostic, then you like kind of lie or pretend that you believe in something or you don't believe in something. Like it's only fair. It's like you can only um, like call them out if they believe, like they're not sure, but they're not doing any work and trying to find out or like asking that's themselves. What I'm, that's what I'm saying. What not. Oh, okay. Because I'm like, you can't really, if I'm not sure, that's understandable, you know, like do your work, take your time, figure it out. But it feels like that person that goes back to the high school that they that they haven't graduated from and they keep trying and trying and trying and trying and they're 23 in high school. Also, let me tell you something. Which is fine, like, keep trying, keep trying. There's a lot of people that were born uh, in families or parents that they like were believers, but for whatever reason it didn't land in them, like the religion or the beliefs or yeah, the connection, it didn't land in them. So they're not like 100%. I was raised as an atheist. So that's, you know, like, I don't have the doubt just in case, you know, like, I was raised and there's no God. So if you're raised with there is a God, but you somewhat don't connect with it, you still have your doubts. Like, you haven't seen... Or you haven't experienced, you know, that connection at all. Maybe they have, you know, maybe some people they even tried and they didn't succeed at the time or whatever. But they're not 100% sure it doesn't exist because that's what they were told 
you know, so as it, children. In the case of the Bible, in the case of this story in Zephaniah, mm. they used that doubt in that, I'm going to be in the middle mm. by bringing their concerns to other gods. Complacency. Uh, okay. Complacency eventually leads to that. Like it's 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 like a ro two roads, right? Like if your curiosities aren't being met by trying to discover and in turn develop a relationship with God, which would lead you out of the confusion base, which will lead you out of the, but I don't know, but I don't know. It, it, it literally takes you trying it out, you know? In the case of these uh, uh, Israelites in Jerusalem, they were taking their cases to other gods, other things. Mm. Like, oh, okay, then I guess I can. So they probably basically went fishing, no? To see who gave them an answer that they want, like it would convince them. Basically. Yeah, or they started worshiping money, going to mediums. Go, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And we talked about this in Isaiah. That's kind of like what they were doing. Mm. And I think that that's, that's the issue with complacency. It's, it's what it evolves to. I mean, no, being complacent in and of itself is a little problematic, mm -hmm. but then where does it lead? You know? No. Anywho. Um, I found something online that left me taking inventory of myself, and I hope it allows you guys to take inventory of yourselves. Here are some red flags that you might have a little complacency going on in your life That's that okay. may show that you do, okay? Mm -hmm. Number one, you become too easily satisfied. You feel you are doing all that is necessary in your spiritual walk by coming to church once a week and praying occasionally. Number two, you feel like Christ got it covered. Other people can evangelize for you. You can just, it's okay. Other people got it. Hmm. Number three, you are no longer moved by a message or a song in a service, or you are completely critical of it. Number four, you are quick to make excuses for your lack of growth. Number five, you don't have enough time. You're busy, but your time is not strategically being used for the kingdom of God. Okay? Since time is being filled with work, busyness, it is easy to dismiss using it for the glory of God. You end up spending your time on what you've always done. And lastly, this one really stings, is you are no longer teachable. Hmm. Ooh, that means that you have, you have hardened to a point of like, you think you know it all. It's okay. The most ignorant are the ones that think they know, they it, know all. it all. The more you think you know, the more ignorant you are. Yeah. It's like some, it's on some like ego stuff. Like mm. you love your own self that much. Give me some of that. Give me a sprinkle. Crap, <laughs> I need some confidence. But like there's also false confidence. It's fickle confidence. That's insecurity. It's yeah. Conflado. Exactly, exactly. Well, anywho, in chapter two, Zephaniah gives a solution because, you know, these prophets know what they're doing. They're not going to be teaching about something and always talking about wrath, 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 wrath. They're going to sprinkle in some hope, 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 because what's the point, you know? And also, it's not even about them, the prophets. It's about the Lord. Hmm. They're the Lord's PR. They're going to make him, they're going to do the work. You know what I'm saying? They're going to make him look terrible. So anyways, Clara. Guess what the solution that Zephaniah proposes is? Uh, for the agnostics to believe in God? like to For agnostics, for uh, unbelievers, for the idolaters, praying. for the sinners. Uh, okay. Anything else? 
What's something else? In prayer, it can happen. Talking to the Lord. You know what? I'm going to take it. She wins. Give her the prize. Uh, uh, Zephaniah, spirit of Zephaniah, give her the prize. Okay, repentance. Oh, repentance. Repentance. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about this. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chapter two, Zephaniah says, listen, if, if you repent, a repentant heart, we can reverse this. Mm -hmm. Let's back it up, back it up, back it up. That's like, that repentance is the first step in change. Like it's it's it means that you've acknowledged what you've done. It means that you've seen how harmful it was to you and others maybe. Uh, and it shows a, 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 a porousness in your heart that allows the Holy Spirit to seep in what? I don't like this. What do you mean? Don't. Usually repentance, usually we talk about repentance when the previous to repentance is something that you did that was wrong like you actively did something wrong like you have to almost regret what you did like from the deepest of your heart and that's my atheist belief which probably nobody cares with um i don't we think, care we care i don't think that being agnostic is something like you're actively doing wrong do you know what i mean like having doubt i don't think that should be not it's not punished, but like seen as like you're doing wrong. So the first of all, the Bible doesn't want you to stop doubting either. There's literally a disciple named Doubting Thomas who asked Jesus, "Hey, how do we know that you rose from the dead? How do we know that you were really, you know, I don't, I don't believe you." But you know what Jesus does? This is after Jesus already uh, died and was resurrected. Jesus takes Thomas's hands and puts his fingers on the holes of his hands. What holes? When he was on the cross, baby. Oh, and the the, okay. the whole the, the whole situation with Jesus got sorry, on the cross sorry, and he sorry, died sorry. on the cross. I was thinking it was the other guy's hands. Sorry, no, the main part sorry. of the story. It's like the spicy part. It's like what you put on the trailer. Sorry, sorry. Of Jesus' life. Come on, Clara. Sorry. Anyways, uh, so th there's no indication of the Bible, uh, especially not in the New Testament, trying to make it seem like you should be this perfect. Anyone who who preaches that is like, I would be very very cautious. Mm -hmm. The Lord knows who we are and knows what we do. Questions, you ask them. We're only human. That's so that we can dead that. That's not that's not the vibe. And if I made you believe that, that's my fault. My my fault, not the Bible. Uh, agnosticism was not a thing at this time. Mm -hmm. You either were a believer or you were not. Uh, in the Book of Isaiah, there were only two groups: the servant and the wicked. Mm. So in this epoch in time, we're only talking about that. Mm -hmm. We're talking about complacency is not a religion. Okay. At this time, it was either the servant or the wicked, remember? Okay, okay, got it. The complacent people were those that uh, claimed to be one way and their actions showed other. Otherwise. Yeah, I can see how you have to repent for being complacent. I, I can see that, yeah. That's, you know, agnosticism wasn't, a, a, that that wasn't a thing back right, right, then. Right, right. Got you it. Know? Anywho. Does that make sense? It does. Now, yes. Now that okay. you explained it. Okay. And yeah, no doubting. And guess what? It's not a one thing. It's not a, it's not, a, I doubted today. My doubt went away or I still kept the doubt. Like you're going to have your doubts throughout your entire walk. Mm -hmm. Questions, maybe. Maybe your doubt turned into like healthy questions. I think if we're restricting ourselves from asking questions, we're restricting ourselves from God. The point is to ask those questions to God and be completely open and honest about it. This is this isn't really this this scripture that Brianda was talking about today wasn't really landing, Lord. I don't know. Could you help me? Like you, you tell them, 
hey lord this sounded like this sounded like it didn't this sounded like it wasn't real like it wasn't true to me could you allow me to get some answers this week or something or whatever like allow me to see it or something and put your faith on him it's the po- this is the whole point hmm. also i guess like for what you said like he cannot get mad at you for not understanding something right no. like so if you read if you read a scripture and you think it has like a bad tone or whatnot but you actually didn't understand what it said it's not like he's going to get mad at you but i'll tell you what he will get mad when you're reading the text breezing by it not even at all really letting it penetrate or thinking not about paying it attention. and being like okay i read my scripture for the day mm. you can't fool him i say this every five episodes it'd be like every- lying to yourself in your own journal. You cannot lie to God. He knows. I mean, you could, you could try. You can't lie to yourself. Mm. It would take some serious sociopathy. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Anyways, let's go to some scripture. <laughs> <laughs> scripture, Zephaniah chapter two, verses two to three. Gather together, yes, gather, O shameless nation, before the decree takes effect, before the day passes away like chaff, Before there comes upon you the burning anger of the Lord, before there comes upon you the day of the anger of the Lord, seek the Lord, all you humble of the land, who do his just commands, seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you may be hidden on the day of the anger of the Lord. Woo! Wait, let me say that last part again. This is for those, the people that are, are humble or repent. Okay. This is what could be promised for them. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the land, who do his just commands. Seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you may be hidden on the day of the anger of the Lord. Understood? Mm. Um, that makes me feel a little bit better, especially coming off my, my like, my lukewarm bender. My lukewarm bender, <laughs> but we're on our way up, you know. Uh, it was painful, but I'm on my way up. And also, please hide me. Hide me from the devastation, please. <laughs> but I also, but you know what, you know what, you know what, it, but I also want him to hide like all of my friends and family and like hide us all. Make us all like have humility and, and I, you know, I try. I can, all I can do is pray. You're pray so and, like, cute. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, anyways, whatever. You know, anyway. <laughs> Oh, I feel like a wet sock today. Because oh. my hair and this tube top, I literally feel like a wet sock. I like your hair like this. No, oh, I do not. I feel like a, a, like a, you know, the noodles in a cup? You said that, yeah. Yeah, it literally feels like I'm wearing noodles on That's my funny because you say you, you showered before coming here and didn't dry your hair. I did the same thing. Look how different our hairs are. Yeah, girl. No, mine, I don't like your, mine your, either. It's your hair is, your hair is, oh, I didn't, wasn't even going to say that. I was just like, the Caucasus Mountains here. Caucasian. Oh, the okay. Caucasus. Yeah. Caucasus, Afro. Yep. Caucasus. Caca. Afro cock. Ah! Oh my gosh. <gasps> What? Right. I caught it late. Oh my gosh. You know, Clara loves the music Afro Cox. <laughs> we'll cut that. Afro beats. <laughs> I know. <laughs> wow. No, I know. I'm kidding. Okay. Um, but where was I? <laughs> oh, oh. And then after Zephaniah, you know, hands it to the people of Jerusalem, 
first, you know, the judgment and then the little bit of hope, right? Mm -hmm. He brings it around to the surrounding nations because they don't believe in Yahweh. We already know this. Mm -hmm. But he wants to make sure they know that they gonna get judged too. Mm. Yahweh got smoke for everybody who's against him. And he calls them out by name, full volume, okay? Moabites, you gonna get these hands. Ammonites, you gonna get these hands. Assyrians, you gonna get these hands. Cushites, you gonna get these hands. But of course, Bible babes know what he's really prophesying about. Babylon. Okay. He names all the nations that are going to get murked by Babylon. Is this mic too close to me? I feel like my chin keeps boxing with it. Oh. Um, yeah, but he doesn't say it by word. He doesn't mention Babylon, but he mentions the nations that are going to get murked by Babylon. Mm. Predicting it. This is years before it actually happens. Got it. He's prophesying there. So it's like saying, prophesying World War II and saying- The apocalypse. Germany and- Exactly. Yeah, Russia, exactly. United States and that and that. Yeah. And he even prophesies who wins. Anyone want to take a guess in the comments? Who wins this battle? Jerusalem. Yes. It's gonna take some time though. They gonna they gonna need to get the beat down and then be restored. But yeah, uh, well, more specifically, the children of the Lord. You know what I'm saying? They're the real. They're the winners. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. But I don't want to exclude. Dinner. I don't want to exclude my babes. You know what I'm saying? I love my babes. I love my non-believer babes too. But I doubt that people who love the show. The, the majority of them are believers. Oh, they have to. Yeah. Like, why would a non-believer want to tune in to listen to the Bible every single week? Unless you're like a theologist. But if you're a theologist, you already have some interest in the Bible already. Like, Yeah. So now that Zephaniah dished out a bunch of judgment for multiple nations, he then sprinkles in a little bit of hope for them too. Oh. Oh. Look at Zephy. <laughs> Just all bases covered. I mean, such a prepared guy. <laughs> you know, let's go to scripture. Zephaniah chapter two, verses five to seven. Woe to you, inhabitants of the seacoast, you nation of the Cherethites. The word of the Lord is against you, O Canaan, land of the Philistines, and I will destroy you until no inhabitant is left. O and you, O seacoast, shall be pastures with meadows for shepherds and folds for flocks. The seacoast shall become the possession of the remnant of the house of Judah, on which they shall graze. And in the house of Ashkelon, they shall lie down at evening. For the Lord their God will be mindful of them and restore their fortunes. And now we've made it to the last chapter of Zephaniah. And the smoke is back. And Zephaniah is talking spicy to Jerusalem again. Scripture, chapter three, verses one, two, two. Woe to her, her being Jerusalem. Mm. Woe to her who is rebellious and defiled the oppressing city. She listens to no voice. She accepts no correction. She does not trust in the Lord. She does not draw near to her God. Hey, yo, 
Zephi even reminds us that the Lord has given us chances upon chances upon chances. You know, he says, don't go on crying like he's big and bad and he never loves you, never takes care of you. No. Okay. He gave you multiple chances here. Here we have again, Zephaniah chapter three, verse two. She listens to no one. She accepts no correction. She does not trust in the Lord. She does not draw near to her God, period. That kind of finality is a little like, <laughs> we all have boundaries, even the Lord. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, scripture, Zephaniah chapter three, verses four to five. I hope you guys don't mind I'm reading scripture so much. It's a, it's, he's a minor prophet. People hardly ever talk about him and I'm trying to give him some publicity, okay? <laughs> some credit. Some credit here. Oh, I'm telling you, where are the little guys at? I'm a little guy. I'm one of the little guys. Okay, I between Micah, Zephaniah, <laughs> like the ones they don't talk about. It's okay. Please don't quit, Zephaniah. Don't quit. Don't quit on your dreams. Anyways, uh, I think he's long gone, baby. Oh no! <laughs> I hope he. I hope he's happy. I hope the soul of Zephaniah is happy. I feel like the soul of Zephi is here. Anyways, okay. Zephi chapter three. Just make sure you don't drop any plants today, please. Thank you. <laughs> that was the Holy Spirit. I know that was the Holy Spirit. Oh man, do you remember that happened? That was funny. The people of Judah was were hearing Isaiah say that the end is coming. It's already started. Buckle up. And they celebrated. Oh, what? Why are you? <gasps> That's God. That is God. That is God. <laughs> Zephi chapter three, verses four to five. Her prophets are fickle, treacherous men. Her priests profane what is holy. They do violence to the law. The Lord within her is righteous. He does no, just, no injustice. Every morning he shows forth his justice. Each dawn he does not fail, but the unjust knows no shame. This is what I mean by the Lord saying, he's given you multiple chances, multiple chances, multiple, multiple chances, multiple chances. He saved you, got you out of jail, bailed you out of jail. You know, like the Lord within her is righteous. He does no injustice. The Lord within her is righteous. He does no injustice. Every morning he shows forth his justice. Each dawn, morning, dawn, he does not fail, but the unjust knows no shame. Let's skip to verse eight of chapter three. Mm -hmm. Therefore, wait for me, declares the Lord, for the day when I rise up to seize the prey, for my decision is to gather nations, to assemble kingdoms, to pour out upon them my indignation, all my burning anger, for in the fire of my jealousy, all the earth shall be consumed." Yeah, Zephaniah assure, assures whoever's eyes and who, whoever's ears hear his chapter are gonna know one thing, and that is that there will be a savior in the future, future for them, you know, because we already knew it was JC, <laughs> but he's talking to them, you know what I'm saying? Context clues, guys, come on. <laughs> the Lord's gonna hook those that repent up if they look to God for truth, hmm. period. Very simple. The Bible is simple. La, 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 la. But it requires like it requires a level of endurance to even dive in. And that's whether you take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or not. Like to read any biblical text or um, scriptural, you know, holy scripture 
it takes a level of discipline and openness to even try. Yeah, because also it's not easy to read as well. So it takes like concentration. It takes energy off your brain, literally. So. Yeah. And you got to stop. If you got to just read two lines in one day and that's what you have to sit with, that's sometimes what happens. Mm -hmm. It's a like, the, and the Lord knows. He knows this about us. He doesn't expect any more from us. What he expects is to show up, mm -hmm. to show up truthfully. You know, we have now reached the end of Zephaniah. Like I said, it was a very short book, one of the shortest. He's a minor prophet. But I wanted to leave you guys with the last half of chapter three because I think it was really, really profound. And I don't know. I hope you guys like it. Grab your snacks. <laughs> Zephaniah chapter three, verses 12 to 20. But I will leave in your midst a people humble and lowly. They shall seek refuge in the name of the Lord. Those who are left in Israel, they shall not, they shall do no injustice and speak no lies, nor shall there be found in their mouth a deceitful tongue. For they shall graze and lie down, and none shall make them afraid. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel, rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. I will gather those of you who mourn for the festival so that you will no longer suffer reproach. Behold, at that time I will deal with all your oppressors and I will save the lame and gather the outcast and I will change their shame into praise, hallelujah, and renown in all the earth. At that time, I will bring you in. At that time when I gather you together, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth. When I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. Amen. And that's, that's how the book of Zephaniah ends. It really is, again, like many of the other prophet books, it's a book of promise. It's a book of judgment for sure, the Lord's wrath. It's there, um, but also ultimately, the Lord always keeps his promises. Oh, faith is a beautiful thing. Faith and hope save lives. If you have, if you, ooh, ooh, you could be a poor man and be rich in faith. You could be walking around like. That's true. Well, we just made it through our 24th book. Now I guess we can get into this week's moral of the story. Oh, crap, that was cute. Yay, okay. Moral of the story is complacency ain't cute. Whether it be complacency at work, complacency at school, complacency towards your goals, complacency in relationships, you name it. Complacency is dangerous. There's a saying that says, if you put a frog in a pot of boiling hot water, it will jump out the second you drop it in there. Now, if you put the frog in a pot of room temperature water, 
lukewarm water, and turn the heat up gradually, the frog will stay in the pot and unknowingly die. The frog adapted to the surroundings that were slowly killing it. Complacency gon' keep you in that hot pot, babes. Doing something just because everyone else is doing it will wear you down if you don't make a change. Tangible change. Staying in the same spot because of fear or laziness isn't the way God wants us to live. To be honest, he don't even want you to rely on yourself. He knows it. He knows it's tough. He wants you to give your fears to him so he can replace that with the confidence that he sees in you when you love him. If you intuitively hear him calling you, don't ignore it. Don't wait. Pick up the phone. Have a chat. <gasps> Ooh. Hey, Father. How'd I do? Oh, thank you. You know, Zephaniah, a.k.a. Zephy, was a really cool guy. I can just tell. There's something about these minor prophets. They're like the underdogs. Like a YouTuber with under 10K subscribers. Yeah, Father, can we work on that? I don't know. Who do you got to talk to? Call the Bible Babe Army. I don't know. Please, I, I need your help. Oh, come on. You told me to give my fears to you. I'm trying not to be lazy anymore. I don't... <laughs>